Yahweh, again, thanking you, Father, for the opportunity to be in your truth, knowledge, and wisdom from the word of God. Your word, Father, that you gave to us here to share that with anyone who would hear and listen to your truth, Father, and heed what you say and seek your truth. Seek your truth and not offense, but your truth. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Shua, So you hear me mention that word offense too, and and not to seek that. But let me let me share this with you because I see a lot of things right now that are going around, and um, I'm not seeking to be offended by these foolish individuals. But it is offensive to me because they do not speak the truth of my Lord, my God, and yet they proclaim it. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about those false teachers and the false doctrines that they put out there, that they're caught up in all this, the weakness and things. But the thing of it is, I've shared with you also too, is that we find this truth and we find this spoken of by our Lord, our Lord Jesus himself spoke of these things that are going to come to pass, especially the travail and these uh, false teachings and doctrines that are going to happen before he comes again. And he was telling us, I believe it is in Matthew 24, when he's, um, the disciples, his 12 come and they ask some, some specific questions. And he's answering them and teaching them. And Matthew writes these things down. And he takes note on this. It's very important that this is done for our sake. And Matthew is a diligent individual. He takes copious notes and he writes things down because he wants to make sure that what he's sharing is accurate. And he also is a very... He's a knowledgeable young man. He went to school and some of the history on uh, on Matthew a little bit because uh, there's some people that don't really understand him. And I know that, that I see that other disciples, they, they still rail on him and have a tendency because he was a, a publican in specifics. He was a tax collector. And nobody liked the tax collector. But... Here's the thing. What is that what is that doing? What are they doing that we are told not to do? When God calls us, he calls all of us. He doesn't call us up here to compare it to somebody else or, you know, see what they're doing and then maybe you can do something better. God doesn't call us for that. He doesn't call us and he doesn't wait for us to become holy before he can use us. And he doesn't wait for us to wash up before he can use us. God does not care about anything about the character of your, except the character of your heart. So you don't come and compare. Matthew was a tax collector. He was a publican, but he was called by the Lord, just like the others were. Jesus chose him and told him to come. And he laid down everything and left. And understand that Matthew, as far as I'm concerned, and from my perception, is simply my opinion, but I'm going to share that with you. 
Jesus called some of the others and you got Peter and Andrew and they were fishermen and all. They were nasty, stinky fishermen because they, they worked with that boat all day long. They smelled like fish and it didn't just wash out. Jesus still called them, but yet they tried to argue points with Matthew all the time and they didn't think that he was worthy, but here's the thing. My opinion, Matthew gave up a lot because he didn't have his family. They ostracized him because he was a tax collector, but he did something and was called to do it and nobody was guiding him and he got caught up in something that there are those that claim to be following the Lord are doing today. Except that Matthew went into that and then he was called out of it and he gave it up and he walked away from it. Matthew was getting paid by the Romans for his tax collecting to help their books. He was also being paid by elders and the higher-ups of the jury because he was, well, let's just face it, he was one of those in a position for favor and they appreciated it. So, and Matthew was actually quite wealthy and he gave that up, unlike uh who is it? Um, the I mean, um, Zacchaeus was was called up, and he couldn't give up. And and this is where Jesus gave the parabolic speech about the eye of the needle. Be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to give up everything that he owns. And it would be easier for that to be done than it is for a rich man to give up everything that he owns and come and follow him and enter the kingdom of heaven because there are those that are so bound up by wealth. And I bring that up specifically because I'm seeing things that are going on today. And um, I've been enlightened to some things. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to share... I'm going to share some heavy truth with you. There's things that are coming and things that are coming pretty quickly and you better get yourself ready. Be ready, be in the word, study the word, study the truth, seek the truth and don't seek that thing which there are those that are teaching. They're teaching lies, falsehoods. They're teaching derision and derisiveness. There are the false teachers out there. Jesus told us, as we can find that in Matthew 24, and Jesus answered and said unto them. I'm going to start in uh, Matthew 24. No, actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to start just, I'm going to just read through Matthew 24. I shared a part of this with you before, but I bring it up again because there's some things that are going on that I'm seeing happen out there. Um, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for the show for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things. Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us then, tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy, of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. 
and shall deceive many. Now, that's an important phrase right there because they're not claiming to be Jesus himself, although there are those out there that do that, that say that he is uh, kind of like when you see the old exorcist movies and stuff like that when the demons come in and then you got the movie character and they say that Jesus has possessed them. So they are Jesus, or their claim. But the Lord doesn't work that way. But the word Christ, remember, means anointed of God. They're claiming to be anointed of God to do what they're doing, but they are liars, deceivers, false doctrines, and they're pursuing their God, and that God is not Yahweh, Abba Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, the Creator, nor does it have anything to do with Jesus. What their God is, is that almighty dollar. I shared with you that I went into uh, I went to a church, and since then my brother and sisters have left that and, and found them a new church as well. But I went there, and the pastor and son were so caught up and bound up, and they were teaching money. They were teaching money, 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 and not the word, word, word of God. They were. They went up and they they stuck on just a couple specific passages, but they stuck right there. They didn't take anything in. They didn't take the word in context. They didn't bring it together. But they were teaching. What's the what's the term? Uh, it's not a. Uh, I'm sorry. I am. Uh, I'm at a loss here because I forgot what the term, there is a term for it. But basically what they were teaching the congregation is that the congregation could also become wealthy, but they need to, they need to invest. And they were teaching their congregation to invest their money, their physical money, and not their soul. And what they were doing is they were robbing their soul by dumping the lies and false doctrine and basically teaching the congregation how they could be rich money-wise and not anything to do with rich heaven-wise. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm not a wealthy man by any means at all. I've shared some things with you and going through some issues and things that are going on right now, but my Lord is with me. My kingdom is heaven. My kingdom isn't here, and the riches and things that people have here, I mean, we have things that we need to take care of. Lord is helping me and guiding me, and he's still with me, and I'm not going to get caught up in all that. I don't want to get caught up in all that because it leads you, uh, leads you into angst and anxiety, and uh, it causes you to react in ways that you shouldn't react and treat other people. So we need to stay true to the word. We need to stay true to the focus of what the word tells us and teaches. You've got a lot of false teachers and false doctrines that are coming out in there. Further in verse 24:6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that ye... Be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, 
but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Keep in mind that this is these are words coming from Jesus, Emmanuel Christ, who died on the cross for our sakes to heal us, redeem us, and rescue us from ourselves and give us the opportunity to be heirs and joint heirs of the kingdom of heaven. What you need to remember is that a lot of these things he's talking about will happen and will cause even, and, and as he says here in Matthew 24, and we're going to jump over to 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. What's he talking about? He's talking about those that claim to be in the body of Christ. Um, unfortunately, this particular group that I believe Jesus is speaking to there are those that claim to be Christian, but they're not true Christian because they're not following the word of God. They're not seeking the truth, the knowledge and wisdom. If they were, that they would not be so easily pulled away. I pray for my strength. I pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit that my words of truth, his truth, are enough to keep you seeking the truth, his truth and his word, and not to get caught up in this. There are many that are doing this now. I shared with you that that one church that I went to and the Holy Spirit took me out of there, gave me a little flick on the back of the ear and asked me, if I was, are you listening now? Because I didn't. I didn't pray the Spirit before I went the first time. And then I went back a second time. And then I was troubled. I was stirring in my heart. And then I asked, and this is when his entourage, they actually assaulted me in the church. They didn't grab onto me and beat me up or anything like that, but they were pushing me physically. And I mean, Okay, the letter of the law is very specific about that. That is an assault. But then when I looked around, and, and unfortunately this is kind of uh, still when all the other stuff was going on, and, and the uniformed officers were actually looking away, and his unclothed security entourage, they assaulted me. And then, of course, they were threatening me. But, you know, I, I walked out because I didn't need a threat. The Holy Spirit told me, and I was following the Holy Spirit. I wasn't following anything they were saying. And I'm very glad that I didn't respond as I was because had I done that, it would have been not a good thing. <laughs> but the point that I'm making is not that. The point that I'm making is you have to be cautious in that. You have to be aware and you try the spirit of all things. There are individuals out there and... You have to make sure that you're listening to the Holy Spirit's guidance. There are individuals out there that are declaring to be something that they are not. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm, I don't know if you've, uh, some of you may have heard that term and some of you may not know that term or have ever heard of it. And I know that there are probably many millennials that have probably never even heard that term. It's an, and it's an old saying and that's just talking about a disguise. Now remember too, and this is very important, 
That's very keen because Jesus talks about being the good shepherd and that we are his flock. And there are other places in the Bible that talks about uh, pastors as being shepherds. They are hireling shepherds, but they're doing God's work and God's bidding to lead the flock. But there are those that are wolves in sheep's clothing. They come declaring themselves to be a good shepherd, that they work for God and claiming to be of God. And they claim even to be anointed of God. They claim to be Christ. Or they claim to be a Christ. Well, they are not. They're not anointed of God. They're anointed of self. And they are anointed of the devil, if anyone. And I claim this truth and I share this truth with you. Be cautious. Try the Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit will tell you and reveal the truth to you and take you away. And if you are on the doorway of a sanctuary that belongs to a church like that, then you need to flee. Flee that place and get as far away from it and find you another church. But there are individuals out there that are claiming to be Christian and they go to a church because, why? Because the coffee bar is great and all their friends go there and... My desire was to not have to be in a mask and have to sit, you know, double arm length away from anyone within the church and, and you know, share. And you weren't allowed to sing. You weren't allowed to worship God in song, which is a worship to him. God likes to hear our singing voices. And that is worship. That's why you have a lot of churches that call their their choir leader or their their. Uh, their song leader, they call them the worship leader, and they come out and they get this music and all this. But here's the other thing. You need to be cautious because there's a lot of places that I see, have seen and heard and am aware of that it's a, um, you can get caught up in a lot of things. So you're going to church to worship God and not to hang out at the coffee bar, not to be up there and mill around the barista's for the whole service up there and then mill around in the lobby and hang out just because you have people that are coming there. Well, I wanted to see brothers and sisters because they weren't coming to the church that I was going to. I'm going to the same church, but the Lord keeps me there for a reason. And I went somewhere else because they weren't doing me. It got to the point where they weren't doing physical media in church anymore that you had to go and do it all by video. Ah, that broke my heart. And there's churches that are still closed for that. They closed and they never opened up again. I know I'm bouncing on this, but the thing that I'm trying to, to make clear is that you need to try the Spirit in all things and all ways, and the Holy Spirit will guide your steps. That's what he comes for. And remember, Jesus, when he was being when he got crucified and he was getting ready to leave, he said he needs to go and he must go so that the comforter can come and he will make sure that the comforter does come and the comforter is the Holy Spirit. But you have to use the Holy Spirit because if you take that, and I shared this analogy with you that um, <laughs> one of my mentors says uh, his wife got a new comforter and she laid down on the back of the couch and got upset with him because one day he came in, there was a little chill in the house and she was running errands and everything. She came out and he was... He was uh, sitting in his e-chair and he had the comforter over his lap and he was reading the Bible. Oh, she fussed at him. She fussed at him. She fussed at him. And she said, what are you doing? He goes, what, what, what? She goes, you can't use that. And he's like, that one's just look at. Don't use that one. Use another one. Well, see, that didn't make sense to him. Well, 
first of all, he's a guy, get that, but, you know, guys do stuff like that sometimes. But the point that I'm making is that the comforter is to be used. If you put it there and you're just going to look at it and have it to be an ornamentation, I mean, the Holy Spirit desires to be used by us, and God will send the Holy Spirit, you just have to ask for it. And the Bible tells us specifically that the Spirit will come and guide us and teach us, guide our steps. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 talks about the Holy Spirit. Where do you think that is? Pardon me. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. That the Lord's going to guide our steps. We love him. We seek it. He will guide our steps and the Holy Spirit will come and do so. But there are many that are are taking those away. They're going and they're hanging out for, because uh, most churches now, they have baristas up there and they have a coffee bar and all you can come and get it and uh, stuff. And granted, there's a lot of places that are doing that. And, and I know church that I go to, we have one. But ours is not to get everybody gathered in there and hang out there and you don't go in and worship. People come and they, they see those, their acquaintances and brothers and sisters and we provide a morning nourishment for them and, and the coffee to get the morning started because we start fairly early for a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks that are not going to get up and, and come in for that. And we're doing that long because we're actually doing, maybe go back to that again. I, I pray that, <laughs> that, that we do. Um, it'd be nice because we, have, we had such a packed house, which is why there was a remodel done. So we could fit more people. We were have to, having to have two services to make room for everyone. Brothers and sisters, the point that I'm, I'm getting here, I know I'm babbling a little bit and I apologize, but the point that I'm trying to make is that you don't gather and hang out at the coffee bar and just stay up there and you and that's where you stay. And then you hang out with the friends up there and you sit down. And, they, and I see that go on a lot. Actually, I see that a lot, not... Not so much in the church that I go to, but I see it happen in a lot of places. They go and they mill around. They stay at the coffee bar and they stay in the couch out there. They're not even watching the monitor of the service because there's a lot of places. What they do is they put the big monitors out there so that you can feel like you're in the service. But they're hanging out there just to visit. And they're not visiting the Lord. They're not even talking to God. Out there babbling about things that are going on outside, and they're talking about work. There's a lot of no working at it. Well, there is a time for visiting, and there's a time for worship. When you come to the gates, you come with thanksgiving. Then you enter the courts with praise. And from your automobile or however you get there, you come in that driveway, that's God's gate. Thank him, first of all, for the first breath out of your face before you even get out of bed should be thanks for the day. His guidance for the day and your brother and sister be strong, upright, bold, and courageous in the truth and the righteousness of the Lord God Almighty by his word and his way, and it is his way. Your way should be his way. And then you get to the driveway and you're getting ready to go in the parking lot. You're throwing out that thing. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here safely. Bring my brother and sister here safely. You get out of the car and you start walking to the front door of the church and the sanctuary. Those are the courts. That's the court of God. You're heading to God's house. You're not heading to 
so-and-so, the pastor of the church or whatever, you're not going to his church, you're not going to any, you're going to God's house. And you go there. And on the way to the door, you're praising God. Thank you, Father, for, for bringing us here safely. Bring my other brothers and sisters here so that we can gather and worship you and praise your name. And you, you praise on your way. And then when you go in, you start your worship. Your worship, when you go into the sanctuary, you're worshiping, you're prayerful, and you come in. And then they call you to worship. And the worship leader comes up and you sing out songs to God. Worshiping God, his name. Hallelujah. Uh, here's one the other day I had to look this stuff up. I knew what it I knew what it was intended for, but I learned something. The word hallelujah. Let's share this with you. It's a compound word, actually, it comes from a combination of uh, Greek and uh, Greek and Latin. And uh you can pronounce it two or three different, a couple different ways. Hallelujah and in Hebrew, uh, the word Yah or Yah, Y-A-H. And remember that the Hebrews, they didn't write the word Yahweh out, which was the permissive name that God told Moses that, that, that we, he gave us permission to call him Yahweh. And I use that term a lot. Abba Yahweh. Father maker of all things made, which is what that means. And hundreds, even thousands of years ago, the Jews decided that it was too holy. They couldn't, they didn't pronounce the whole word and they took out letters and only wrote down possible partly. Anyway, I'm going to get into that. The word hallelujah is hail or praise. And depending on what area you're in, it's either Yah or Yah, J-A-H or Y-A-H. Yahweh, hail God, praise God. That's what the word hallelujah means. And you see people will say it or they hear it because they think it's a thing to say, but the word means praise God. Hallelujah, praise God or praise to be to God. And that's what we are going to church for, not to hang out at the coffee bar, not to hang out with the other individuals. And it, church is not a clubhouse. There's a specific reason for church. God has it there because we can draw. God is a, God is a communal heavenly father. He likes communion. He likes us to be together. And when I mean, when I say the word communion, it doesn't mean um, specifically the sharing of the Eucharist, which is um, the Eucharistical symbols are the crackers and the wine or the crackers and juice. Or There's some churches that use real wine and, and um, unleavened bread. I've been in churches that do that. And we are to share that. We are called to do that. But communion, if you look it up, that's just one definition for communion is to share in the Eucharistical symbols, the word, sharing the, uh, the wine and bread 
and worshiping the Lord by sharing that. And, but communion is the gathering together, is that we're communing, we're, we're joining together, we're uh, a body, the body of Christ is talked about as being the church. Now he manifested himself as a man and came here with a body. And that body was crucified, but we are called also, if you read through the Bible, we are called the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ talking about the church. And that we adorn ourselves with those things that are pleasing to the Lord and not to the wealth and the riches and the big cars and all that other stuff. And I'm telling you right now, I share this stuff because there's individuals that I see doing this stuff now. God doesn't appreciate communion, communion of that kind because quite honestly, those individuals are not communing. I shared with you already and I threw a name out there. I'm not going to repeat it because it's even, even putting that, the names on, the, on my tongue is, there are individuals, all you have to do is you look around. And if you see something that is troubling to you that for some reason it seems very showboaty, there's a reason for that. The Holy Spirit is talking to you. Then what you do is you grab the Holy Spirit by his hand and you talk to him specifically to guide you whether or not you should be there. Now, there's individuals that think that it's important to have this huge, giant church. That's the important. That you fill all the seats and you do all that stuff. And they have these giant symbols that they put up. But talking about symbols too, I'm, I've learned some things paying attention. You've got to watch the face, the hand gestures, and the things that these people are putting out, because what they're doing is they're the Holy Spirit just told me <laughs> that I'm I'm uh, I'm not to go that direction because that's for another time. Now I'm talking about something, but be cautious of these individuals, and the Holy Spirit will try you, try that for you, and guide you the steps that you should go. But there are individuals that are taking that position and they, my goodness gracious, it's, it's fairly obvious. And when I, my dear, dear friend, and I have no reason to doubt anything he said and having witnessed some of this in part, but when he shared that part with me for this individual, that uh, that person put his hand physically on them and then security came up and then they had to get called off because they were making too much of a display. They were in an airport for Pete's sake. They were in an airport terminal where so many people could see and this individual got hidden because, and this was also back in the day before all the cellular telephones and everybody could pick it up and take pictures on it. In those days, they had reporters that were patrolling around with camera, real cameras and they covered the guy up and they escorted him away quickly. But we're talking about supposedly a man who is calling himself a preacher and sharing the word of God, except that he put his hands on this guy and let his security people take him and actually get him down to the floor. And this supposed preacher had his foot on his throat and they were, it was despicable. Be very cautious on who you put your trust in, brothers and sisters. Your faith belongs in one place and one place only. And that is in through Jesus to God. We come to God through him. He crucified 
on the cross, and one way to God is through the cross and through our Lord. And we're, he tells us that there's the way to God is through him, through the Son. And we do that by choosing to accept that he is the only begotten Son of God, and that we will have faith in God, and we'll have the Holy Spirit to guide our paths. And we do that. There are a lot of them out there. And brothers and sisters, I'm tell, I tell you this, and I gave you this, this warning, because there are a lot here. And Jesus even said so right here. We go to Matthew 24, 24. Let me say it again. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That there are going to be people that are churchgoers. They're good people. They want to believe in God, but they're being deceived. And they will follow the liars and deceivers. You have to be cautious. That's why John tells us in the book of John, shared that with you before, that he tells us to try the spirit in all things. And everything comes to us through him. And when it tells us that Jesus came to give us life, that we can have life more abundantly, Okay, brothers and sisters, let's be very specific here. That doesn't mean that you're going to be rich and that you're because you uh, decide that you want to be a true Christian that God's going to make you rich. He wants you to have riches. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be good and whole. But he's going to give you abundant life, and that doesn't mean that he's going to make you stinking rich and that when you open a closet door, you have stacks of money fall out on you. That's not what abundance is about. Abundance means that you have what you need. You have everything that you need and God provides what you need. God has provided for me what I need. I've shared with you before that I used to sign documents. I mean, I signed my life away is what I did and living consequentially by the fact that I did that. I have so much from God and his truth and he takes care of me and comfort and all this stuff that's going on with me right now. See, because Satan wants to draw me away from that. And he wants me to be upset. He wants me to be confused. He wants me to lash out. He wants me to uh, be resentful and respond to individuals the way he wants me to. But I'm not going to do that. And I need to be more earnest in my prayers because I'll tell you right now, I slip off the curb every once in a while. I do. I have to be truthful. I'm going down that path and, and you know, maybe I turn the beam of the light over this way, but I was walking that way and, you know, because <laughs> we have a tendency to do that in our path. We'll turn and we'll look at one way, but we keep walking in the way that we're not watching. And what do you do? You step off the curb and you fall down, you're going to trip, but get up and keep on going the direction that the Lord is taking, the direction the Holy Spirit is guiding you. Stay in that way and just be repentant and be truthful and honest and share his truth. He will guide. He loves us. He loves his children. And that old song when I was a kid, Jesus loves the children, all the children of the world. We are precious in his sight. We are precious in his sight and we are his children. And that's why the truth is essential and it's important. That's why I want to share this truth is because God called me to do something. And that something is to share his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. 
to be honest in his word, to be truthful in his word, and to bring people to the truth. There are individuals out there that their their God is money, their God is prestige, their God is position, and they want to have the biggest church, they want to have the biggest congregation, and their desire is that, and that alone. And there are some that are really, really good at what they're doing. They're really good at putting on that show. But when you see what they're about, they like the sharkskin suits, which are very expensive. We're talking over $1,000, probably more than that now, but back in the day, the sharkskin suits were usually hand-tailed. They had to be specially tailored. And you're talking about $1,000 just for one suit. And that was back when I was a much younger man. Now they're thousands of dollars, and there's individuals that that's what the deal is, and they wear uh, all this shiny bling bling, and and they have uh, they're guarded about by an entourage, and they have all the uh, the fancy cufflinks and and all that, and they're driven around in a chauffeur driven limousine. Brothers and sisters. It is a day and a time where that is all real and prevalent around us. Be cautious, be wary, and understand that the white noise interference of the devil. And then there's individuals that want to get all offended by all these things. Why is that that they get offended by so much? Because it doesn't fit the mental profile that they've got in their head about the walk and the way of the Lord their mental profile is that, oh, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. Why? Because they were listening to the false teachings and doctrines that are being presented by them from the pulpit, from the liars that are up there in front of them. Those who have perverted the word of God and twisted, manipulated, and took it that way, and they're walking down that path, and they can be that way. And then they get offended when somebody shares the truth with them. Well, you get offended all you like, brother and sister, because the only thing you're going to get from me is a truth. And my truth comes from my Lord, my God, Abba Yahweh. Because I have accepted that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and came for me. When he came to this plane of existence that we are on and he was crucified, what was he thinking when he came to do that? He was thinking about me. And he went to that cross for my sake. And he died for me so that I would have the opportunity to be called by his father, our heavenly father, said, Raven, you come and do this. Here, sign this. But Father, there's no words on it. There's no, there's no paragraphs. There's no these, therefores, thuses, and there. And part of the first part and the second part doesn't need to be because I am truth. And you come and you are about my business. You are my adopted child. That's all. I just want your signature on there because... I collect things from my children. I collect their love. I collect their obedience. I collect their truth. Because my children share my truth. And that name that you just gave me, that's going to be a fiction to the book of life. When you come home, when you come to spend eternity with me, and your loved ones that came to me before then, that's going to be added. So when you come home, 
My entry gate will be open. They're going to open the book of life and they're going to see that name written down there and they're going to say, yes, come in, welcome home. And I will be there to say, welcome home. My good, faithful son. That is what I'm about. His truth, his knowledge and his wisdom. And that's all you're going to get from me. And if it offends you, then you better get into the word of God and see what's going on. And I may not be such an eloquent speaker, and but... My degree comes from Heaven Sent University and my chancellor, the one who signed my degree is Abba Yahweh, the ancient of days, the first and the last, the alpha, the omega, the author and the finisher, God Almighty, the great I am. He signed it. My counselor for direction and my leader, the Holy Spirit, he signed it. My vice chancellor, the son of God, he signed it. I have it. And what it tells me, what's written there is my blessed assurance. My blessed assurance. And the only assurance that you're going to get that's going to carry any weight to it because you have individuals now. Part of the thing that I'm going through is this... Uh, <laughs> receiving assurance from mammon and I haven't I haven't seen anything materialize physically yet and yet all this assurance oh yeah it's gonna get done it's gonna get done no but when God gives you assurance it's done it is done and he is with you always he is with me always he is with us always always and there are so many promises in the word that he gives to us and you can stand on those promises and not be shaken. And the devil doesn't want you to have that. He wants you to be shaken. He wants you to be confused. He wants you to be upset. Remember, he is the author of confusion. He is the author of blame, derision, derisiveness. He wants to break in, steal and destroy. And remember that he has false teachers that come to do that very thing. However, we have our guide who will lead us, the Holy Spirit. Try the Spirit in all things. John's letter tells us that. Try the Spirit. He will share the truth. And just remember, I, I, I like this because my pastor, I love when he does this because he always talks about being a signpost people. And you've seen them sometimes, you see out on the highway, you see these signs, they're pointing you in the direction that you should go and they have these, um, they, they have these little stick figure people and they're, they're going the direction they should and they're telling you and sometimes they have their, their little hand, they're supposed to be in a walking motion and, but they're pointing. We need to be, <laughs> it's funny because he does this. We need to be signpost people. We need to be pointing the direction that others can come and follow and make their way to the Lord. And that's what sharing the truth is about, is that those out there that are questioning and thinking they want to come, take this truth and come to the cross. Submit yourself and say, I want to have Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, in my life. I want to be changed by that. I want to have faith in you, Father. I want to have the Holy Spirit guide my steps. And it will happen. You do so in earnest, 
in your heart, earnestness in your heart. That's all God cares about. He doesn't care about anything else. And you have all these individuals out there. They want that bling bling and all this stuff. I've seen, oh my gosh. I've seen pastors that are delivered to church to preach and they're delivered in a chauffeur driven limousine. Seriously? And then of course I've had pastors that I've seen that were, and the one that I, I loved a lot, I mean, he had a, he had a beater car. <laughs> it was a beater, but that's what he drove. And every Sunday he was driving that beater to church. Brothers and sisters, it's not the amount of, I've shared this with you a number of times. I'm going to share it with you again because it's very important about what I see going on out there. Isaiah 54 and 55 talks us. We're going back in back in the day. Now, remember, the rule of faith, Regula Fidele, talks about the rule of faith from the front cover to the back cover, the back cover to the front cover. And with some of the things that are coming up here, I think I'm going to jump into, uh, I got to talk to God about this and see, I, I believe, oh, I'm, uh, Holy Spirit's talking to me now that I need to do that. We need to be in the book of Revelation. A lot of people are going to get all jacked up about that. Well, that's too bad, so sad, because it's not my word, it's his word. And it is a word of truth. And that the book of Revelation, there are those that claim to be Christian that they don't want to hear it because it's a doomsday. Oh, it's doom and gloom. Well, the whole Bible has got things in there from the front cover to the back cover. I mean, what was it? Roses and bluebirds of happiness chirping when the nation of Israel walked out of Egypt. I mean, goodness gracious, the kingdom of Egypt was out there in a desert land. And they walked their way out. They walked to the Red Sea. And then they felt trapped because the armies were coming behind them and the chariots were going to run down and kill them. This time they started whining and crying about being trapped. Oh, why did we? Why did we leave our bondage? Why did we leave? At least we were getting fed. Yeah, we were dying off because they were using us for hard labor and having us doing the hardest thing because they wanted to keep us weak and enslaved. They wanted that done so that we couldn't rise up and be a powerful nation. But, oh man, we left because Moses told us we should. Now look, we should have just stayed there. Why, 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 why? And what happened? Moses raised his hand and the Red Sea parted and God delivered them to the other side on dry land. Their feet were not wet because it was dry and then closed up the sea so that the army of Egypt was consumed by that very sea. Brothers and sisters, we have God with us as assurance, the promises of the Lord. We just need to stand in the gap, which is a very narrow space, by the way. I've shared with you what they used to call the gap, and, and it's the same thing now. It's, an, it's actually a narrow space, our opening that we are in between heaven and earth, and hell wanders around, and demons wander in between, but you have to be of a... You have to be called and it's not an it's not an easy place to be, but stand in the gap because you're sharing the truth and you're gonna have to wear armor all the time. God gave us a suit of armor for a purpose and he called us for a purpose and he called us for a reason. And then you have those lazy, slothful individuals that are just like those that are standing on stage and perverting the word of God. I don't have to do anything because I read the end of the Bible. The end of the Bible says we win. Well, here's the difference between those individuals and this individual. This individual wants to be a conqueror, not just victorious, because God called me to be so. 
He did not give me a spirit of fear, but of courage and of a sound mind. Second Timothy tells us that. I believe in Second Timothy 1, 7. But he did not give us a spirit of fear. And you have individuals that won't go out and share the truth and stand out there and say anything because they're going to have people pointing at them. They're more concerned about what people are going to think about them. Their, valid, their valuation is not in the Lord God Almighty. Their valuation of what they tend to put value in is the almighty dollar and then what others are going to say about them on this plane of existence. Oh, they're going to talk bad about me. They're going to say, I can't, you know, and I don't have this nice car. I don't have this. I don't have that. And wham, 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 wham. Okay, so they don't want to go out and they don't want to preach the truth. Brothers and sisters, there is going to be a time that is going to come and you are going to have to be and they're, they're going to, the Bible tells us this, that there are going to be individuals that are going to turn on you. Your own children are going to turn on you. Why? Because you're speaking truth. You're speaking about the word of God and it's going to happen. I mean, we are in a broken plane of existence. The truth is that, period. And they talk about this being their home. I've had individuals talk about, you know, this, their home. This is not our home. I'm just on a work visa here before I get to heaven. Billy Graham, one of the, most powerful men of God. I love the guy. And uh, he said in his quotation, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. And he was sharing the word of God as he's passing through. I'm sharing the word of God as I'm passing through. But remember that God will give to us and give to us in abundance that we will have everything that we need he will not leave us nor forsake us. We have to wear that suit of armor because we are in that gap and it's a narrow space between heaven and hell and it's his plane of existence. Hell is working hard and separating us and causing derision between us that we're arguing with one another and that we don't want to hear the word of God. And it's all white noise interference because a lot of people are so caught up in fussing with each other that they don't hear the word of God. They don't pay attention. That's that white noise. And that white noise is constant. It's constantly coming at us. And we are offended because certain things don't fit our, um, I like the way um, Jamie shared this. As he shared this and he talked about getting so offended because it doesn't fit the mental profile that we have and the picture that we have in our mind, the way things should be. Well, I don't want to lead my life that way. And, and I didn't have a mental picture that I'd be in this position or, or uh, in this manner. But let me tell you, God has provided me with a really comfortable place. He has provided for my two companions that they're, quite comfortable here and they, they do so much better and they're close by and we're together. And he provides for us in our walk, in our way. And it's a beautiful thing. I love my Lord, my God, and I don't want to, and I, I just have to work on rebuking all that stuff and I have to be stronger at it. And I'll tell you right now that I'm I'm not going to put myself above anyone else. I share this because I'm about my father's business and that's what he's called me to do. So when I talk the way I do and I speak the way I do and, and, and I'm talking about individuals, if the shoe fits, just put it on and wear it and then take it to that place where you need to kneel down and repent and then you can take off that squeaky shoe. 
Otherwise, let it go. If it doesn't apply to you and you're not, then what are you going to squawk about it for? Why are you going to raise a squeaky, loud, creaky noise about something that doesn't apply? My earthly parents used to talk about that. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't apply, then ignore it and let it go. So, there it is there. If it applies, then pay attention. Do something about it. And if it doesn't apply and you don't need to hear about it, then ignore it and let it go. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you every single day. Every day on my going out, my coming in, that you stand upright, strong, bold, and courageous in the righteousness of the Lord God because that's what he, that is what he has called us to do. He has called me to be about his business and I do that the very best that I can and I share his truth and knowledge and wisdom. And this is a matter of <clears throat> incident. It doesn't make anything any better for me because I'm doing this. I, I don't get paid for what I'm doing. I'm not sponsored by a church and there is a, I could be sponsored this and, and get paid for everybody that clicks on there and get a certain amount of money to get them because actually there would be sponsorship for whatever they got going on. But I don't do that. Why? Because God gifted this to me and my gift is back to those that need to hear his truth. I don't get paid for what I'm doing. I don't want to get paid for what I'm doing because my reward is in heaven. When I get to get to heaven, I get to enter that gate and I get to see my loved ones and I get to spend eternity with my Lord, my God, and with my loved ones and have that time there. That's my reward. I don't need to have all this stuff. I don't need to have a big old fancy car. I don't need to have all the money and all the things down here because that's not what it's about. But there's a lot of people that are caught up in it. So where is your treasure? Where, my, where your treasure is, so shall your heart be. Where did I hear that? I heard that in the Bible. I heard that in the word of God. God wrote that down. Well, he put it in the mind of one of his writers, but he authored that. So where is your treasure? Is your treasure in heaven or is your treasure in the almighty buck that carries the symbolism symbolism that don't need to have in your part brothers and sisters you are in my prayers every day on my going out my coming in i pray for your strength your courage your uprightness your boldness and his righteousness and god will give pray for you every day